it's a Christmas miracle. Another round of stimulus, $900 billion. Who better explain it to us than Chip Rogers? Happy holidays. Uh, Chip Rogers, thank you for coming on uh, third time. I, I, I feel like you're bailing me out again. <laughs> uh, full disclosure, we were, we were canceled. We weren't doing any of these Teague Talks. We were done for the holidays. Let her, give everybody a break. But uh, the world keeps spinning, and what we think are big events keep happening. So I got to call my friends, the experts. I got to call my friend Chip and say, help, tell, me, tell us what the heck's going on with all this stimulus package they're now passing. Well, Teague, first, uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, yeah, this is months and months and months of work culminating uh, into a package that we believe is going to be very helpful for hoteliers. You know, keep in mind that the original CARES package was signed into law on March the 27th. And I w want everyone to think about that. In a COVID world, that seems like two lifetimes ago, March the 27th. Now, there have been changes to it. The Flexibility Act that we had passed after that was very, very helpful. In fact, I would argue it's almost as helpful as the original uh, CARES Act. Um, but as far as the original CARES Act being put in place, it was March 27th. So, yeah, many, many months of work have gone into this. Uh, and Sam, you and your team, you guys are working your tail off. But, yeah, God, March seems like forever ago. Um, and I, we're struggling, but it's the new norm that we're all now here with. I don't know. Yeah. Tell me, give me the details of what's happening and why it's good for our industry. So a lot of stuff in here. Now, keep in mind that there will be another type of relief uh, package that will be introduced in, pro in probably a much larger context after the new president takes uh, the White House and after the new Congress is in session. And so you're looking at late January, early February for another one of these to be worked on. But as of right now, the, the, the interim measure, um, another round of PPP. Now, this is really critical. They put in about $284 billion worth of additional PPP money. And this is good whether you've had an, uh, an initial PPP or not. So you're going to get a second opportunity at it. A couple of the caveats here. If you recall, in the first PPP, it was for uh, employers with 500 employees or less per hotel. That has been lowered to 300 employees. Now, the reality is with so many people having been laid off, they may not hurt that much. Additionally, and this is where it will actually help us. Additionally, you as a business, any business that wants a PPP, you're going to have to show at least a 25% revenue drop over the same time period from the previous year. That won't be any problem for hotels, obviously, but it will be a problem for other folks who won't now have access to the PPP, which means hotels and restaurants will get more money. Another really good feature, and this one I cannot stress enough as, as helping our industry. As you recall, the original PPP was two and a half times your average monthly payroll. For this PPP, only for hotels and restaurants, we were able to get this language included, it's three and a half times um, your average monthly payroll. So the amount of PPP money you'll be able to get as a hotelier has gone up by 40%, which we think is extremely helpful. So you're, you've obviously been fighting for this. So you're encouraging all hoteliers to apply for this, accept it, uh, don't be bashful, don't be nervous. Because I know last time there was some confusion. People were, you know, we're good, honest people. We don't want to cheat the system. We want to do what's right. But you're telling, no, no, this is, we've been doing this for you guys. We've been fighting. So go get your fair share. Go get it and get it quickly because that $284 billion will probably go very fast. So make sure you're talk, talking to your bankers. A few other things that um, were added to this one. Uh, on the covered cost, it's going to also include the PPE that you pay for your employees. We know a lot of people are spending money on PPE. Um, upgrades you've had to do to your system so that people can work remotely. 
uh, if you had to upgrade your computer system, your software, your hardware, uh, even your connectivity, um, all of that is now covered. Cloud computing, that's covered. Those expenses are covered. Um, any property damage that you might have had um, during the unrest or the riots or the demonstrations that happened earlier in the year, uh, any of that that wasn't covered by insurance, that's now covered under the PPP. Um, and another really, really big one here um, that I want people to take note of is, you know, there was this argument all along as to whether these, uh, the, the, the things that you paid for were deductible as business expenses, even if they were paid for with PPP money. Congress originally said yes, the Treasury Department and the IRS said no. Congress now put it into law that yes, it is deductible. So from a, from a tax standpoint, that's gonna be huge tax savings for everybody who takes a PPP. Give me an example there. So let's say you take a, a $200,000 PPP and you spend it on covered expenses. So you do the way you're supposed to do with it. Um, under the old PPP rules, you would not have been able to deduct those business expenses. Let's say you spent 200,000 totally on personnel. You would not have been able to deduct that as an expense. Now, you're able, even though you got the money through PPP, the 200,000, you get to deduct it as a business expense. So um, from a tax standpoint, it's gonna save you a lot of money. Okay, Fasc interesting, fascinating. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, where should I draw the line if, I, if my hotel's not, didn't lose 30% or for some reason, knock on wood, I was one of the lucky ones. and. I, and we, yeah, we, we didn't get hit that badly, then I'm guessing I'm not applying for the PPP? Yeah, yeah. If you don't meet that 25% uh, threshold, you're, 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 uh, you should not, well, you won't be eligible, so there's no reason to apply. But um, we suspect, given what has happened to the industry, you know, a good 90% of hotels are going to, going to meet that criteria. Now, if you were a beachside hotel somewhere on the Gulf Coast in Florida, <laughs> maybe you don't. But then again, you would also argue that maybe you don't need it. Uh, the money is certainly needed by others. All right, uh, that's great. Uh, what else? How about loan forgiveness, debt forgiveness? All right, so the, the application for the PPP um, is um, for any loan that's $150,000 or less, it's gonna be a very simple one pager. And there's been a lot of discussion. I've, I'm not sure if, the, if it's in the details yet, but there's a lot of discussion about the last PPP and this PPP, anything under $150,000 or less being forgiven without you having to show a lot of documentation. We're certainly hoping that is the case. Um, another part of this agreement is the troubled debt restructuring right. that was to run out at the end of this year. Um, they've extended it for another full year, which is extremely helpful. And I'm looking at my notes here because I, even I haven't uh, committed all of this to memory yet. Um, but there's a, there's a lot on that as well. Um, let's see what else we have here. Um, Oh, 100% deductibility of business meals for the next two years. Um, that is extremely beneficial to everybody. Um, the employee retention tax credit uh, has been extended for next year as well. Again, very helpful on your taxes. Wait, all right, so hang on, sorry. Go back to the troubled debt uh, restructuring, the TDR. What, yep. what is that really for? Is that my bank, the government's gonna give the bank some money to help me restructure my loan and, and have forbearance? For 2021, yeah. if so, for how long and who does it really work for? Exactly. So if you recall during the first CARES Act, there were instructions um, for banks to make sure that they are working with people to do that forbearance and flexibility. Um, that authority to do so outside of the normal regulations um, was running out on December 31st of 2020. They've now extended that for another full year. So the banks who have been asking for this, and we were obviously advocating this alongside the banks, 
um, are very happy with this because they want to do that. They, they, again, they don't want to take the assets back. And so you're going to get a lot more flexibility and forbearance if you're finding yourself in trouble. So let's be specific. It doesn't actually give the banks money. It just gives them the right to be flexible. Whereas previously the rules said, sorry, you can only give six months. Now it says, go ahead, you can give a whole rest of the year. You work with your borrower as you see fit. Exactly. It, well, it gave them the, to, to make that, um, to make those deals through the end of next year so they can continue to make those deals. Now, how they make those deals is, is between the borrower and the lender, um, but it authorizes them to do that for the next year. Now, one of the areas, as I mentioned, that will have to be addressed eventually, two, two main areas, um, is first and foremost, what we were doing on the HOPE Act. If you recall what the HOPE Act was, that was, was with CMBS trying to set up the additional ability for the federal government to have a preferred equity position that acted as a loan so that anybody with CMBS debt could gain access to it. That language is still out there. That did not make it into this package, um, but we've had a lot of favorable response on that. Um, so that is extremely as helpful as well. The second part, of course, is the liability protection. Uh, protection. Everybody has heard about that on the news. The Republicans wanted the liability protection. The Democrats want the money for state and local governments. Um, they could never agree on those two, so they just set those two aside. But those will almost assuredly be in the next package. The interesting thing about that is that's the federal government response. Um, as you know, there are 13 states that have already passed state liability protection. So if you're in one of those 13 states, you should be good. Um, there are a handful of additional states that should be doing that in the next couple of months. We know that the legislation's already been pre-filed in Florida and in Texas. They were not in legislative session this past year after they adjourned for COVID, and so they couldn't take it up, but they're about to go back in January. And when they do, I know that the, this item uh, of liability protection is at the top of their list. So how important is it to get federal protection if we already have state protection? Well, the federal protection is really important uh, because it gives us a 50 state blanket. Um, yeah. If your state has it, you should be in good shape. I'd have to look into the, with respect to the laws of filing these type cases in federal court. It's highly unlikely that that would take place because you're frankly not violating a federal law. Um, but um, if we can get that protection and cover all 50 states, it's going to be very helpful. All right, uh, let's stay on the loans. So if I'm, a, uh, if I'm a, a balance sheet lender, a bank, an FDIC insured bank, I've now got flexibility to work with my borrowers, check. CMBS Absolutely. doesn't sound like I've got a whole lot uh, yet. Not yet. Uh, and, and SBA, talk to me about SBA, that's the big one. Well, SBA, of course, being a federal government authority, they're gonna still have the flexibility as well. They're, they're directed uh, like other lenders in this one for another year to offer that. Um, if possible. Um, and the second part of it, of course, the SBA, as you know, will continue to be the agency through which the PPP fl uh, funding flows uh, to the banks. Uh, and so, you know, the, I would say at the outset, uh, way back in April, they struggled a little bit right out of the gate, uh, but then they found their footing quickly and, and did a really good job the second, third round of money that was put into it. Uh, and I, I should be clear, when I say SBA is the big one, like, you know, in our industry, we've kind of gotten out of the SBA world, right? The assets have grown bigger and nicer and exceeded SBA. Uh, most of our borrowers don't qualify anymore. So, you know, SBA, nobody had done a whole lot, I don't think, for a while. And now it's seemingly back in vogue. It's easy for the government to support that program and pop up that program. And it's the below 5 million loans and things like that. Really important stuff. If you recall, uh, I'm going to toot the horn of, of the industry from a few years ago. Gosh, this is probably going back to 2012, I believe. 
we were able to get past a uh, SBA 504 refinance program. Origi the original uh, SBA 504 program only pertained to new loans. And if you recall coming out of the last recession, a lot of folks didn't need a new loan, but they needed to refinance their current loan. And that was prohibited under the law. We were able to get that put into the law. I suspect that tool will be used a lot as we're in this economic downturn. Yeah, I bet you're right. Um, also, talk to me about the un unallocated funds from the last time. So those are rolled into, into this one. Um, and so those, you would almost just view those as, as gone. Um, there are other parts to this, keep in mind. Uh, what we've been talking about is mainly the PPP. Um, you've got the $600 checks that are going to go out yeah, to talk people. talk about that. Uh, yeah, if you, were, if you were eligible last time for a $1,200 check, you'll be eligible this time for a $600 check. Um, the unemployment insurance um, will be $300 per week on top of what your state is already giving you. Uh, and that, of course, varies state by state. Uh, if you recall, last time it was $600 on top of what your state was giving you. So there will continue to be money out there being put into consumers' hands. Which is great, um, and especially for those who've been impacted personally. You know, that, yeah. that's really excellent. Um, but talk from the hotel owner standpoint, last time it was a little tough to get those workers to come back uh, to, the, to, to the job. Are we going to have that, any concern for that this time? I mean, I'm sure there will be some concern, but keep in mind last time um, there was a great report and study done by the University of Chicago that looked at the folks who actually received the unemployment benefits, looked at what they were getting, their state amount plus the $600 federal amount, and they concluded that about two-thirds of people were actually making more money through that than they were at their job. Um, now that that uh, bump has been lowered to $300 on top of your state figure, that three-quarters number will come down significantly. Uh, but, you know... I, most Americans want to work. They don't want to lose their job. Boy, I know a lot of people just want to get back in the workplace to, to see their friends and colleagues again. And so you're taking a really big risk if you don't take your job, because once that money does run out, if you don't have a job, well, you're out of luck, right? So it, it's a real risky proposition to tell your employer not coming back to work. All right. So now I'm going to get conjecture. So we want to get back to work and the stimulus package is great, but how about it works counterproductive and that, well, we have stimulus and so now it's okay to keep lockdowns and keep people shut down. We, we want to get going. We want to get open, open up and get rolling. What do you see happening uh, in the future? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always going to be some of that um, right now, though, at least from, from our industry standpoint, and you, you know this better than anybody, this lifeline was, was absolutely necessary. So many hotels truly on the brink of closing their doors for good. Many, and I re remind people in our industry uh, and particularly the media that what's happening in a lot of places, hotels are closing down for the winter, particularly in northern northern states where the weather's bad. And they're making that decision as to whether they'll ever reopen again. Um, getting this PPP will, will certainly help them do so. If you look on the, on the front of the vaccines being rolled out, uh, there seems to be pretty good news each and every day on that. Combining that with the therapeutics uh, and the rapid testing, uh, I think we're getting to a position, and you're seeing it in some of the, the, the future bookings, where people are beginning to have confidence that come May or June, they can start traveling again at a very minimum for leisure travel. Uh, and then hopefully business travel will follow soon after. Yeah, I ho let's hope. You think there's going to be another round, a third round of stimulus here? Oh, there will definitely be stimulus. Now, what form it takes, um, we're not sure. Uh, but the Biden administration will come out of the gates with this as one of their top priorities. And frankly, new members of Congress will as well. Now, keep in mind, um, if you think it's tight right now in Congress, uh, come January, uh, after January 20th, where you have a new president, 
and you have a, a House of Representatives that is now divided 222 to 213, which is about the closest you've ever seen, uh, and a Senate that's going to be somewhere between 5248 uh, or even 5050, depending on what happens in Georgia. Um, you have things that are so incredibly close now politically um, that you're going to have to get people to work together. Now, the, the thing we've seen over the last few months is it what we went through a lot of pain to get these folks to work together. Yes. The good news is, is after the Georgia elections are over, we don't have any more elections uh, for about another 22 months. So um, we'll have, we'll have a little time period when we get stuff done. Why? So help me there. Why did it take so long for the second round to be passed? And how much of that is just pure politics and that everybody had to fight and figure out who's really in control? How much of that is we needed to see the winter and see actually how much pain we had in the winter? Uh, what's your answer? A little bit of all of that, mostly politics, no question about it. I mean, as you got closer to the election, it just became politically impossible. Keep in mind, both sides are, 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 are were looking for what was going to be their position of strength. So the Democrats figured, hey, if, if Biden wins and we control the House and Senate, why cut a deal right now with Republicans? Because we can just wait till afterwards and get exactly what we want. Um, the Republicans, of course, are looking at it the same way. You know, if, if if we're going to lose across the board, we better cut anything. We better cut a deal right now. But if we think we can win, we can hold out for a stronger deal. And so politics played a lot of this, no question about it. Um, philosophically, the administration uh, with Secretary Mnuchin, that's been a big struggle all along. You know, it, when people ask me, what has the last four years of this administration looked like? You know, being honest, it's been very business friendly. There's no question about it. Very uh, helpful on the labor side, the regulation side. The one major disappointment has been the Treasury Department, where Secretary Mnuchin has had little to no concern for small businesses. And, and that has been damaging to us. So uh, overall good, uh, but that's been a struggle. And of course, that was part of the calculus that played into all of this as well. So a lot of things happening over the last six or seven months, and it just got worse and worse and worse through the election. And keep in mind, in Washington, D.C., we're still in the middle of the election. I'm not talking about the presidential election. Uh, these two Georgia Senate races will ultimately determine who controls the U.S. Senate. And so for them, the election is actually not over yet. I wonder if this passing, again, how the politics of the passing of this current bill impacts those two elections, or how do they think it's going to impact? Well, look, I think it takes, and, and you're like me, Teague, you get to watch a whole lot of uh, Atlanta-based television where literally every single commercial is a political ad. <laughs> um, far, I tell my friends that don't uh, get Atlanta television or Georgia television. It's far worse now than it was during the presidential election. Yes. Um, yeah, I think it takes a couple of issues off the table. I mean, there were you've seen some of the ads criticizing the incumbent senators for not doing enough. I think once this, these are signed into law, um, it's hard to make that argument any, anymore because they're both going to vote for it. So th it does take that issue off the table. All right. Let me be devil's advocate. Should I be concerned as part of me that is concerned? How concerned should I be about spending too much money, printing too much money, deficits? Or is it just, ah, we'll deal with that later. We're going to deal with today. Today, we'll deal with all that later. You know, I think in normal times, you've got to be incredibly concerned. I think in times of emergency uh, like this, um, you, you've got to do what's necessary to keep the, the economy afloat, and in this particular case, case, keep these businesses afloat. You know, it's important to remind everybody that th this happened not because hotels were doing things wrong. This happened not because there was a, uh, a traditional economic downturn that people could have planned for, and if they didn't, it's really their own fault. 
This happened because there's a global pandemic unlike anything that we've seen in our lifetime. And on top of that, you have the government actions of shutting down business and people should not forget that. If the government is going to say to an entire economy or at least segments of an economy that you are required by law to shut down, to me that amounts to a taking, a government taking. And for that taking, there's gotta be some sort of, some sort of answer, some sort of resolution. And so um, I think that this is appropriate given the times that we face. The, the long-term economic implications of not doing anything right now and allowing these businesses to fail and the, and the tax revenue implications that would stem from that would probably have a greater long-term economic impact uh, on the debt side than doing something right now. Yeah, I understand that. And that makes sense. I will tell you just the conversations we have, you know, with the, our industry, first of all, our industry is full of entrepreneurs. So that spirit is alive and well. Uh, and did they have to change and pivot? Absolutely. But now they've sort of gotten to the fact, all right, this is the new norm. This is where we are. Um, they've, they've figured out a way how to survive for the most part. Are they, is it sustainable long-term? No, you're still just treading water and you're getting tired. I understand that. But many of them have started to say, all right, these are the assets that we don't need. Before pre-COVID, we hold them to everything. It's fine. We're not getting rid of Well, now they're making probably decisions they should have made anyway. These are assets we probably don't need to spend time and energy and money on. We're going to focus on these. And so they're holding those and they're making those decisions, cleaning up portfolios, cleaning up time and energy, and trying to figure out, all right, where do we go next? Where do we spend our, spend our energy on offense? Uh, and what should that look like? But yeah, look, and, and look, there, this pandemic has certainly caused a huge separation in our industry. Um, if you are uh, running an economy limited service hotel, you're probably hanging in there all right. Yes. Um, and, and doing okay, not, not significantly different than last year, really. Uh, I mean, you know, you didn't have the upside you've had for the last 10 years, but the downside wasn't that much. But if you're running an urban city center full service hotel, you're probably still looking around wondering, how am I going to make it through this? And I think the thing you, you really need to worry about is even with assistance through PPP, even with loan forbearance, um, you're still looking at a situation where those large conventions and conferences, I mean, they're not gonna be, ba be back for quite some time. And, and how do you operate in a new world you know, with a six or 700 room hotel uh, located you know, two blocks from a convention center? That's, th those are very difficult questions. Chip, you're fantastic. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on. This has been great. Um, I appreciate you being available, making yourself available when times like this pop up and we all want an explanation of what the heck's going on. What did we just hear? What, did we, what just happened? Uh, and you're no one better than you to explain it to us. So thank you for everything. Thank you, Tegan. Thanks all for all you do and getting this message out there. I mean, these messages are important and, and you're a perfect conduit to do it. So thank you so much. And um, speaking of conferences, I look forward to being at yours. Uh, we, so do we. We look forward to having it. Uh, Chip, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and the family. Stay Thank safe. You. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.